everyone to the Tom Stevens show. This is your host Tom Stevens, a psychotherapist here in the great city of Houston, Texas. Coming to you live on a Monday night with an amazing show. If you want answers when it comes to parenting, relationships, your family, raising children, this is the place to come to. And boy, do we have a show for you tonight. We have been waiting for 2 months to have our amazing guest author, Kelly Boclia, on the show tonight, and he is going to be talking about children's dreams, and more specifically, your own children's dreams. If you are just tuning in for the first time, you are in for a treat. We are a show all about bringing the therapist to you, and what better way to do it than to bring current, like, relevant topics to you? twice a week on Monday nights at 8.30 p.m. Central Time and also Thursday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Central Time. And this is a chance for you live to talk to your very own therapist, that is me, and the amazing guests that we bring in like tonight, that is Kelly. And it is going to be a uh, a hoot. Just listen to what, what he has to say about our children's dreams. And, and I've even got a little bit of a surprise for him tonight to, to see how he handles it. So, We're going to have fun. We are going to uh, invite you to call in at area code 347-838-9737. Again, that's area code 347-838-9737. You can also join us on Facebook at Tom Stevens Counseling, Consulting, and Motivational Speaking. And let me tell you, uh, if you want to check out a really cool website, that the folks at Go Local Advertising did for me at TomStevens.us, then you do that. I have a bazillion questions for our guests tonight, so I'm going to probably monopolize most of the show uh, because I've been just pondering this after reading his book for weeks, finding out about my own children's dreams. You know, in my home, something that's a little bit different is uh, my wife and I are both psychotherapists, so we have two boys, and you know, it's an experiment in and of itself raising these two children because we try to be normal parents, but at the same time, it is very difficult because, you know, we're therapists, and so we talk and act a little bit differently. I want to bring in my co-host tonight, Kelly Carney. Kelly, you there? I am here. Kelly, thank you so much for getting this show prepped, booked, and ready, and getting Kelly uh, all set up. I cannot wait to get him in here, and uh, before we do, just... Let everybody know how, um, well, first of all, is anything new coming up in our shows Thursday in the next couple of weeks? Anything good coming? Absolutely, absolutely. We have a great show on Thursday. It is um, talking about grandparents, and I'm sure you're going to have some great uh, topic lines for that. I'm looking oh, forward to that. Yeah. I know for my mom, I'm trying to convince my mom to call in and see if that happens. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get Kelly's mom on and my mom on and, um, well, and even – Maybe Kelly Bulkley's mom on. How about that? Ooh, she wrote the book with would, him, right? That would be, yes, yes, she did. That would be great. That would be great. So that's <laughs> on Thursday, and then coming up on Monday, um, the 17th at 8.30, same time, we're having a child psychologist on to really, you know, find out what, what it is that we need to do with our kids. It's very exciting about that. And then uh, real excited, on Monday the 24th, Tina Fuller is an author of an amazing book about having a narcissistic parent. So 
that is always going to be a really good topic. So our Mondays are always hopping, so I'm excited about that. Oh, man, and what a show tonight. You know, children's dreams, something that we never – think about it. As a parent, you're never taught how to understand what your children go through. And if you're a parent, you every parent, I think, has dealt with their child waking up from a nightmare or having this dream that's, like, really bizarre with these strange characters in them, and you don't know what to say to them, you know? Absolutely. Mine just had one about, uh, what did I tell you? A Build-A-Bear. The mall was Build-A-Bear, and everybody was Build-A-Bear land. Was the, the, everybody was a Build-A-Bear. <laughs> the mall was Build-A-Bear. Kelly, that just means, I'm a therapist, I'll interpret this right away. You need to go get your daughter a Build-A-Bear, and sooner I rather know, than later. Sooner. I'll let you take <laughs> care of that for me. <laughs> okay, well, one more time. I've already said it, but say it again. How do they get a hold of us tonight? And then we will hop right into it have a question for our amazing guest, you can call us at 347-838-9737 and hit the number one, and I will get to you. If you would like to tweet us at Tom Stevens LPC, that's Larry as in, L as in Larry, P as in Paul, C as in Cat. if you can't get to a, um, a place to give us a call and ask Tom any questions and he can help you out. Awesome. Kelly, thank you. You go man the, the phones, and I am going to get on with our special guest here in a minute. Before I do, did you see this thing as I was searching around that's called Google Glass? Have you heard of that? No. What is that? Is Very intriguing. That is called Google Glass that's supposed to be coming out by the end of the year that's actually like a pair of glasses you wear that is a computer on a screen that you look through your eye with, Okay it will actually put your computer now at your eyeballs to where you can get uh, emails, you can surf the web, you can do pretty much everything you can on a computer. Uh, it's like a 16 gigabyte, almost like an iPad, but it's on like a set of glasses frame, and you can see it through your eyes as you drive down the road. Oh, heavens, you're going to have it because you're a gadget guy. It's going to be in your possession as soon as it come out, I know. Well, i got to tell you, I'm not as big of a gadget guy as your husband, so I'm going to wait and let him get it, and I'll try his out. Because the starting cost of this is supposed to be $1,500, so um, I won't be there yet. No, I, I think that's a big fat no. <laughs> All right, Kelly, have fun, and we'll talk to you a little bit later. Sounds great. All right, so before I bring on our amazing guest, let me just read a real quick synopsis. There's a lot to read about him because this book that he authored along with Patricia Bulkley is called Children's Dreams, Understanding the Most Memorable Dreams and Nightmares of Childhood, and both do children have. Kelly Bulkley is the author of several books on psychology, religion, and dreams. He's a visiting scholar at the Graduate Theological Union senior editor of the journal Dreaming, and former president of the International Association for the Study of Dreams. And it is just a privilege to have him on the air. Give him a hand. Kelly, you are there. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on your show. We have waited and waited. I, we are probably more excited than you even hoped we would be tonight. But tell <laughs> everybody out there, just a little bit about yourself and kind of just who you are and what your background is. Sure. Well, well like, like I said, thanks for having me on my on your, on your show. And, and can you hear me okay? Is this coming Absolutely. across? Absolutely. You Great. are perfect. Okay. Where are you coming from? Uh, I'm in Portland, Oregon uh, right now. Uh -huh. I'm born and raised in the Bay Area, but uh, living in Portland, Oregon now. And uh, uh, yeah, my uh, uh, background, I've been interested in dreams since I was I was a kid myself, and uh, uh, got interested in 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 looking at you know sort of the deeper meanings. I just I, I realized like wow, this is a, a a type of experience that I just I couldn't explain, and that I, I guess was kind of the the mystery of an unexplainable phenomenon because I felt like I could explain so much else in my life. So I I went into um, psychology initially, but but. I found psychology too kind of limiting, I guess, just in the uh, sort of the, the sense that to study dreams, we need to look at, at, at culture and history and language and, and, and religion. And I realized that, that the history of religions was a good source of um, insight into kind of the, the way people have looked at dreams through history. So 
I, I got graduate degrees in uh, the psychology of religion. I got a PhD in that 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 topic with a, a focus on dreams. And uh, I guess I, I I think of ancient religions as kind of early psychologies, and and modern psychologies as kind of you know, new versions of what religions and mythologies have often done, and 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 dreams have been central to both. So, um, and then, you know, just looking developmentally at at dreams, it's it, it it's always been a interest of mine the way dreaming first emerges in human life, and that's in in children's dreams. And so, uh, this book, in some ways, is 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 the culmination of of, of research and work I've been doing for years. Um, and just trying to bring it into a, kind of a, you know, just a um, how hopefully helpful parenting context. You know, that's my mother and I co-wrote it, and that was really the spirit in which we, 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 we tried to put it together. So. so let me ask you this to put this to rest, because I'm a therapist who specializes in working with children and families. I'm also a dad and talk to parents all the time. And the ongoing debate with my 8-year-old son is, he believes there are times he dreams and there are times he does not. So is that true? Are there times we do not dream? Well, the, the mind is – it depends on what you mean by dreaming. If if, if you mean by dreaming uh, the mind being active through the sleep cycle, then, then we're always dreaming through through the night at some level or other. But in terms of remembered dreams, the dreams that kind of cross the threshold into waking awareness, that – Sometimes yes, sometimes no. So his his experience of it, you know, sometimes he remembers dreams, sometimes he doesn't. That's that sounds you know true to his to what happens. But you know, probably if you got him into a sleep laboratory and you know looked at his EEG during the night and woke him up at different points, you know, he'd remember dreams that he might otherwise you know not have realized that he'd had. So yeah, that's that's. Uh, I, He's he's right and, and and but you know you don't need to push the the deeper explanation maybe if he's not interested in brain science so <laughs> that is a good that's a great point though because I remember a therapist I knew once who told me uh, to put a pad and a pen next to my bed as an adult and when I woke up in the middle of the night just keep my eyes closed if I did wake up and write down whatever it was that was just on my mind and you know I woke up in the morning and I didn't realize some of the stuff happened that I wrote like I'd gone right, to sleep right. and it's like wow I dreamed about this you know yeah so you're that that makes sense to what you're saying oh yeah yeah no the the, the, the memories can be quite uh fleeting and 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 as you did having a pad of paper and a pen or pencil by your bedside you know you can help just jot down some notes that help you you know remember it uh later in the day it you know this though is kind of the the, the the launching point for what we tried to do in the book is what we really wanted to look at were, you know, the relatively rare dreams that people remember. Like, it's not just that they, they have to try to remember them. It's that they just remember them so intensely they almost can't forget them. And, I, and we really think that those, you know, rare, you know, not everybody has them or, or has them in quite the same way, but many, many children do. Uh, you know these sort of singular dreams that 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 really can last a lifetime, and that's 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 what we think are you know probably the the juicy ones worth uh, exploring in more detail. So can you answer this? I mean, I keep coming up with more questions as you're talking, <laughs> so I'll probably never get through my questions. But can you answer why certain? Let's talk about children. Certain children remember like so much more when it comes to their dreams than other children. What is that about? Yeah, there's there's kind of a natural variability, and there's no kind of right or wrong. You know, some people just naturally remember uh, more dreams than other people remember relatively fewer dreams. Um, I tend to think it's more important to just uh, pay attention to whatever dreams you do remember and don't worry about the ones you don't remember. Uh, uh, you know, a little bit of interest actually can can increase dream recall. There's actually a lot of research that suggests that simply hearing someone say dreams might have some psychological insight or value, just that that mere idea can increase people's dream recall over a period of weeks and months. So 
you know, people who say they're low dream recallers, they may be just kind of naturally dream low recallers. They may just never have really been encouraged to recall their dreams. And this is, you know, this again goes back to kind of the parenting aspect. I, you know, whatever else we say in the book, I think our 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 biggest message is to help parents recognize the responsibility they have. You know, of, of all the other responsibilities parents have, I know there's a lot, but you know, this is this is one that's that maybe is overlooked that you're helping your kids potentially develop, you know, a a good relationship with their own dreaming imagination through their lives. You know, it's it's starting right there, right in childhood, right with those first nightmares and bad dreams and weird dreams and you know, if parents are kind of dismissive or kind of, you know, don't really give any good good feedback on any of that, kids may not grow up to be someone who really remembers their dreams. But Okay, so you're actually saying that we could, if we do it the right way, help our children maybe remember a little bit more of their dreams. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, we're 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 convinced of that. Awesome. Yeah. That's, and you mentioned a lot in your book about Carl Jung and, and early on for us therapists and Freud and that they were kind of like uh friends, right? Colleagues and friends? Yeah, yeah. Freud was uh 20 or 19 or 20 years older than than Jung and so there's kind of a father-son dynamic they had going and uh they they disagreed about a lot of things but they they agreed about dreams uh that the dreams uh uh give give us insight into unconscious desires and conflicts and potentials for growth and one thing that i was fascinated by and actually did not know you'd mentioned that piece about jung's theory because it was kind of the basis for the myers-briggs which is the most widely, I guess, used personality tests, but also the basis for the modern 12-step program of AA. I just had no idea. Is that really true? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the AA founder, uh, Bill White, I want to say, uh, uh, was was very influenced by Jungian psychology and was, uh, uh, if I remember right, in contact with, with Jung to some extent and um, developed a, a lot of the ideas you know, and sort of practical uh, uh, methods out of you know his his approach to Jung. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Jung's Jung's influence is you know is really considerable, and uh, and it's not like we you know we're we're not trying to you know deify the guy or anything, but you know he had some he had some useful ideas that I, I think you know parents think about them in practice could could can can be helpful. Well, and I think one thing you did with this book, I will say as a therapist, because I recommend it to anybody, is you wrote this thing on page 14. It says, you do not need to be a licensed doctor or therapist to interpret children's dreams, because sometimes I think parents, like you mentioned early on, go to that old adage of, oh, that's good, honey. It was just a dream, though. And they, they dismiss anything having it. It's almost like a little voodoo. It's strange. I don't know. It's different. It's <laughs> weird. And so yeah. you don't have to be licensed therapist to to know dreams, right? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, this is where my well, my uh, prior work and, and and research in the history of dreams has really, I think, given me a strong feeling that 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 dreaming is is a natural human expression. Every culture you look at throughout history, all over the world, there are teachings and traditions around dreams, around what dreams mean and how people talk about them and what you can learn from them. And, you know, you can't look at that that sort of broad historical sweep of dreaming and not think, wow, this is just part of being human. It doesn't belong to any one type of person or one specialization or anything. It's, it, you know, we all have it within us to, to dream and understand dreams. So, um, yeah, really wanting to... Um, encourage people to sort of take ownership of that and, and, and really, you know, it doesn't mean that dreams are easy to understand, you know, on the contrary, mm -hmm. but, but it means that you're, you're in as good a position as anybody to, to make sense of them, you know? Okay. So here's my, my next question with that. Is it possible for us to, let's just say me as a parent to help kind of lead or coach my child through having better dreams, meaning if we think positively before bed, if we really yeah. just do some meditation about a beach and, and playing with their friend. I mean, is, is it possible or is the subconscious just totally take over? 
Well, you know, I mean, there's certainly um, things that, you know, I, I think it's it's a great practice for parents to periodically just kind of reflect on what are the kind of the bedtime rituals and processes that that that, that, that are going on with your child and what, what can be done to kind of make it calmer and smoother and, and more sort of, you know, tranquil, because that's, that's inevitably going to, you know, ease some of the, the uh, you know, sort of negative energy that can stimulate, uh, you know, bad or disruptive dreaming. Um, at a certain level, though, like you say, the unconsciousness has its own agenda. And, uh, you know, one, one way to think about the, the bad dreams of, you know, that a lot of children have from time to time, they're, they're kind of like growing pains, you know, kind of like the physical analogy of, you know, when a child is literally like growing and they, it hurts, you know, their legs hurt, their back hurts, it's just, it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable, but it's because they're growing, you know, and that's, that's part <laughs> of it. And bad dreams are kind of, a, I think, analogous to that in being the growing pains of a child's mind, you know, as they grow socially and emotionally and intellectually and in all the ways they do. So, Okay. Probably... The most, I mean, I have your book completely highlighted. I'm only at page 24, Kelly, so I'm <laughs> going to end up being here all night. But the most interesting part of your book to me in reading it was at the very beginning when, when you mentioned Jung had two general functions of dreams. One was prospective function and one was compensation. I don't mean to get weird as a therapist to people, but really for parents, I think this can help because the prospective function was it was preparing people for challenges that they will have in their day-to-day life. And the compensation thing was about unconscious stuff we haven't actually dealt with that just keeps coming up until we deal with it. And I I just love that. I want you to talk about it because I think it's saying we're going to – I'm really breaking this down to basics. You correct me if I'm wrong, but we're we're really going to dream about either something that is getting us ready for something that's coming in life or something that we haven't dealt with, that could be anger, frustration, fear, worry, that is going to keep coming up until we face it and deal with it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a great way of putting it. That's that, I'm, I'm glad it came across, and uh, because yeah, that and, and and Jung was you know one of one of the early people to see these these you know the significance of this that that um, at one level dreaming is is kind of a rehearsal for what may come in our, 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 our waking life. And it's not so much that it's predicting the future or prophecy, although that's, you know, you can kind of see where that, those ideas get going because dreaming is definitely about imagining what might happen. You know, dreaming isn't mm-hmm. about what is necessarily. It's, it's more about what might, might be, what might, might come in waking life. So for kids, that's, a huge issue you know what what what's going to happen as i grow up how how am i going to change what am i going to lose in that process so i think children's dreams have a lot of that that prospective uh kind of function in them but they also have you know like you say with the compensation and kind of helping people work through challenges and conflicts and um you know it doesn't necessarily have to be traumatic conflicts although you know any child or, or adult for that matter who, you know, has some kind of trauma, their their dreams are gonna, you know, echo with that for sure. But um mm-hmm. but more more generally just um helping us work through and figure out creative responses to the challenges of our lives. Yeah, that's exactly what, what Jung meant. And lastly, before I get the first caller on, you mentioned heavily in here, and I think there needs to be a lot of emphasis to parents out there that there is a huge there are huge advancements in brain research these days, and that has changed everybody's thinking when it comes to dreams right yeah, I think that the you know the the, the most basic way of putting it is that that we're realizing that dreaming isn't just kind of random neural nonsense churned up by the brain just out of out of nothing but that that the dreaming is kind of an outgrowth of a really sophisticated network of brain activities while we sleep. You know, we consciousness may, you know, sort of shut down for the most part, but 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 the brain's doing all sorts of interesting things and dreaming is is a reflection of that. So how to to me how can that not be interesting? How can you not want to 
learn what 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 that's all about. So no kidding. Well, Kelly, I have I want to see if you can handle something on the spot tonight because I have my very own son who had a dream <laughs> last nice. week. He hasn't forgotten it and I'm like, "Tony, who's my almost 9-year-old?" I oh, said, wonderful. You, wonderful. You've got to call in and at least say <laughs> it because it has parts in it I'm not even sure if I know what to say, and he's got two therapists for parents, so I thought, let's let the expert answer it. Tony, are you there? Yeah, right here. Hey, buddy. Well, we have an amazing guest. Kelly Bulkley is on the show. He wrote this book. You've been seeing me. You were sitting next to me in bed last night while I was reading it, and I want you to tell everybody out there, especially Kelly, what this dream was. Give them the detail. Well, first, I have one question for you. Do I tell them the second part or just the first? You tell them all you want to tell them. Just go. <laughs> okay. So um, I do swim team at my pool, and um, I was doing a lap across the pool, and about halfway there, I drowned to the bottom of the pool. Then, like, one second later, I had all my breath back and went back up and swam all the way across. So... That was the first part, and then I was telling all my swim friends about it. And then the second part was whenever my um, dad was there, it was me, my dad, and another kid from swim that I don't know who he is. But um, this kid had like a little, it was like a cartoon stingray, but it was real. It was weird. And then he said to my dad, eat it, eat it, like eat it. And then, a um, stingray, right? Like a fish. The yeah, stingray, it was a but it stingray. Was a little it was like one. a teeny tiny stingray. And then my dad said, no, I'm not going to eat that. And then about, we were just sitting there for a couple seconds, and then my dad took it, and he ate it, and then I woke up, so I didn't get to see his reaction. Okay, wow. Good, Kelly, go for it. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, he, so he says, just so I get the ending there, so this this other kid who you don't really know but with but from swim says eat it to your dad and your dad says no and then but then your dad does eat it i did eat it mm-hmm. and then yes. you wake and then you wake up with before you can see his reaction yeah yes yeah and wow before that he actually sank to the bottom of the pool and then came yeah. well, there's a lot there so yeah yeah well 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 thanks for sharing that tony is your name <laughs> yes yeah, and so just just so I've got a little of the you know kind of the the background. So it sounds like swimming is a familiar thing to you. You're 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 a kid who does some spend some time in a pool. Yes. He's on and, swim and, team right now. Yep. Yeah. Well, well, you know, pools are um, are are you know big bodies of water, and water has a often has a symbolic meaning. Uh, in dreams, and what a symbol means is that it it kind of takes something that's familiar to us, like like water, like a pool is for you, and uses it to to express meanings that that are kind of harder to understand but are really important. And you know, I I'm just hearing this for the first time, so you know, I'm just making a guess, of course. But um, you know, a, a, a pool of water can symbolize kind of the depths of our own minds. And as as kids grow up, they you know they get bigger and bigger physically. Well, they they their minds get bigger too, and they learn more about their own the deeper parts of their mind. So, if you know if I had a dream like this and I was eight years old, I might think, huh, like is there as I'm swimming in the pool of my mind, am I um, is there a point where I'm scared, where I'm where my growth is? Uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure I can make it. Uh, but then, to me, there's kind of a magical moment there of like suddenly the breath comes back, mm-hmm. um, and I can make it. You know, I'm imagining it's my dream, but I can, you know, I make it across, even though it's scary. I can make it, and so, um, and then, so, so, so the, the the you say these were two parts of the same dream, or they 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 came in the same night, one right after each other. Yeah. And 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 they seem connected to you. Yeah. Like they all ran together, Tony, or was it? Did it seem like two separate dreams within the same dream? Well, it kind of seemed like two separate dreams in the same dream. A little bit. 
Yeah. Yeah, dreams are weird that way that they they, you know, they have two really different things happening, but it kind of it can feel connected, you know, it can feel like they're and 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 usually what makes the connection in in my experience anyway is is a feeling or an emotion. And so, you know, again, just the little bit I've heard from you and you've told me, you know, there's in the in the second part of the dream there's there's this sort of you know again kind of a weirdness with water you know uh you know the kid from swim and then this tiny stingray like a creature from the depths of 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 you know bigger water like the ocean you know lots of water um and you know this eating it thing i mean i don't know you know i don't know what your relationship is with your dad i mean you know that's a um you know that's kind of a it sounds to me kind of a gross thing i mean i'm not i wouldn't want to have to do it i wouldn't have to want to watch it um uh you know but but at the same time you know you your your dad is someone i guess i i might think of it like this like your dad is someone who maybe knows that water knows that pool well you know and he can take the stingray in and handle it, you know, and that's like, whoa, how does he do that? Well, he's he's a grown-up, and he's uh, he's got some things figured out, and and he's more capable of doing that. So I that I'm I'm always looking at, at children's dreams as as signs of how they're kind of um, experiencing the the process of growing up. You know, kind of like I said, what what you're learning, what you're gaining, and what you're losing, and what's exciting and what's sad about it. So that's, yeah, that's, I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's, that's what, that's what comes, comes to mind. And Kelly, as a parent, for any parent out there, and, and I'll interject this parents as you're listening, because here an almost nine-year-old calls in. If your child has something they want to call and tell about, or you do, then call 347-838-9737. Because this really helps as a parent. What, what would a parent say to a child that it, it's hard to understand what it all means and maybe it's not important for me to know all the details of it, but just to know that it was important to my son? And how does a parent respond to a guy like this who comes to you in the morning and says this? Yeah, well, I think there's, there's, you know, you're always as a parent kind of checking in, like how, how was it a scary dream? Was it, um, you know, was it sort of disturbing in some way? You kind of take their temperature and provide as much you know, comfort and reassurance as you can. I think with with children's dreams and with with dreams in general, I this is sort of my general theory is that dreaming is a kind of play. Dreaming is the the, the play of our minds while we sleep. And so, I would I respond to children's dreams just like I'd respond to like a little you know like a drawing or a picture or a story they told me, like like as a game. And so, you know, I'd I'd be curious. I I might ask. Uh, Tony, you know, like, wow, could you draw me a picture of that stingray? Like, mm, I'm really curious yeah. what that what that looked like. And I think the next time, you know, if I'm a parent, I'd, I'd you know, I saw Tony in the pool. I'd, I, I might not even mention the dream, but I might encourage the sense of, you know, what I imagine is kind of strength and competence and power that that that, that a child feels, you know, swimming, you know, blazing across the pool, you know, and how good that feels because the first part of the dream seems like that that experience of swimming is a is a symbolically meaningful experience. So I think I, as a parent I'd take that as a cue to um nurture that, you know, to the extent it seems makes sense. Awesome. Tony, thanks so much for calling in, buddy. Yeah, thank you very much, Tony. That's really courageous of you. Okay. Thanks. All right, buddy. Let's give him a round of applause. I'm not about Tony. Good man. Thank you for participating in that show. <laughs> I've got another person who I know has a question, Kelly, that is Mary Lehman's our good friend from Go Local Advertising. She is the one who has actually reformed and redesigned our website and is also a mother of three children. And Mary, you know, I know you have a question, so go ahead and shoot it out to Kelly. Well, I guess my, my first question would be what what would the wrong thing to say be if um <laughs> there you go like what i mean is it like well what did you eat honey i mean is it indigestion or is that just missing it is that something that is inappropriate i mean i don't want to scar i mean 
my daughter yeah. says she has that <laughs> you know, and I just don't, I want her to, to kind of alleviate it, but also I don't want her to be afraid of being asleep. Um, so what would be, what would you say to not do, I guess would be my first question. Yeah, That's yeah, what well, I do. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's tough sometimes because, you know, particularly, you know, when children have a, a really scary dream from time to time or, you know, they have like a night terror or something, which, you know, is, is, is kind of a separate phenomenon, but really scary as well. Children are, you know, wake up kind of panting for breath and glassy eyed and such. You know, it's it's hard for parents not to want to just say, oh, you know, don't don't worry about any of that. It, it's not real. It's 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 nothing. It, it, it's not real. And, um, you know, I think that it's it's always important to comfort our children as best we can, but I, I think we can do that in a way that, that still keeps open the, I think, the ultimately healthy dimensions of their their dream lives. And, and where I think that really um, comes out is, is not so much, you know, that immediate response and like, you know, what, what you say in that very moment, because I think you just, you hug them and you cuddle them and you tell them it's going to be okay. It's more kind of an ongoing, um, you know, checking in with them about dreams, about, you know, dreams they might have had, you know, last night or the night before. And, 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 and like I said, kind of playing with them in the sense of um, commenting on weird themes or interesting connections with something you see in their lives and just making, helping them understand that you can bring the dream out into a family conversation so it's not quite so scary being trapped within them. I think that's the the ultimate goal there. Right. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Good. So, Mary, um, and, you know, you're on with me all the time, and you're a mom of three young. How old are they? I've got six-year-olds that are twins, a boy and a girl, and then I have an 18-month-old boy as well. There you go. So you're busy already. I don't know how I even have you on the show. Like, Mary, just, I'm hiding in just, the closet. So, you know, she can cook a meal, change a diaper, fix my website, and talk and ask a question all at the same time. She's amazing. But that that really goes to show you, Kelly, like with parents, how hard it is sometimes to actually know what to pay attention to. You know, sometimes there's so many things with three young children coming at you and maybe they're talking about it. We don't always hear something that's really meaningful to children. And I think sometimes as parents we don't know what to say, kind of like Mary was saying, to them that we just kind of – when I was taught in graduate school, which I loved uh, by a professor of mine, was uh, big people think that little people think like big people think. And we tend to have <laughs> conversation with children as if they're us and they think like us, but children, it really is a huge deal, is it not? The dream that they had, like it can be real life. Well, yeah, and and you almost you almost you know bring up a you know big theme we 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 talk about in the book, which is that you know children's dreams themselves are kind of stretching children's minds, and so when they wake up, you know, yes, they 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 struggle to express it and make sense of it um because literally it's it's like it's not quite where their waking mind is but it's kind of yearning and stretching and leaning towards what they're growing into so um yeah there's kind of a a poignancy to that almost you know that they 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 experience and feel so much in their dreams and yet they they do struggle to put that into words and and so I guess ultimately, I like very practically speaking, I think you can never go wrong with children saying, "Hey, could you maybe draw a picture of that? You know, could you could you get some markers and a piece of paper and kind of show me what what some of that looked like? You know, that get that gets it out of kind of like you say, grown up think and 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 uh, you know linear language, and maybe allows them to express some of the you know, kind of wordless feelings that, that they were so so strong in the the dreams. So, you know, that's that's I think always a good you know, particularly like like you know, as you say Mary has has twin six year olds, that's you know, maybe a really helpful medium for them to just draw things out, see what it looks like. Awesome. Mary, does it make sense? 
It does. It, I like that a lot. I know that they would probably run and go do it, too. So they really like drawing. I think that's a good solution, especially maybe if they have a bad dream and it's just kind of sitting in their brain and they want to get it out. So that's that's really good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Mary. Always... Go ahead, yeah. Kelly. Well, I was just going to say, you know, you can also, I mean, you know, one little addition to that is you can kind of, if they do get into, into it, you know, say, hey, how how might the dream end differently? You know, like if they've had a, a bad dream or one that really kind of bothers them, they can draw a picture where the dream goes in a different direction, and that, that very well could influence later dreams they have. So, yeah, if they if their enthusiasm opens up with that, 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 that could be a good way to go. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, Mary, as always, yes, we love you calling in. She is uh, the queen of our website, takes care of everything. GoLocalAdvertising.com, correct? Correct, you got it. Yep, if you want to know social media because you're ignorant to it like me, she's the one to go to. She'll get you out there. All right, thanks, Mary. Thanks for calling. Right. Thanks, Tom. We'll see you soon. All right, and Kelly, that led me into what you were just saying because you kind of hinted at that. When you get into Chapter 6 of your book, you actually list out some things. Well, okay, I have two questions. Number one is that you were very specific that kind of children at different ages experience different kinds of dreams, you know, when they're younger versus when they're, you know, go up towards adolescence. So I think that's what I'd want to know about first. And then before you leave, I definitely want to know about the things you would tell parents to do. Like one, you were talking about the drawing thing, but there were four specific things you mentioned in your book that I just loved that parents could do very easily. But first, can you talk about the the kind of early, middle, and late children, like the, the things that they might dream about? You know, where the young ones, it, it could be just things that are really familiar to them or just how they're different at their different ages. Yeah, yeah. Well, at, at the earliest stages, you know, we 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 never know if children are dreaming before they can tell us their dreams, which usually happens mm-hmm. around the age of you know one and a half, two, two and a half, three, maybe somewhere in there. You might first hear a child say they saw something just as they woke up. Um, but once you know, somewhere in there, around by age three, four, five years old, the children will start remembering which are usually kind of short dreams and um, often have animals in them. Animals are much more mm-hmm. frequent um, uh, in children's dreams than at any other age. And uh, and they, they, they often are very family-centered, um, which makes sense given kind of, you know, early childhood, that's kind of in, you know, most, most cases, you know, kind of the center of their world. Um, but then they start to transition and, and, you know, around five, six, seven years old, and into middle childhood, um, the dreams become more complex. There's more social kind of interactions and more feelings, like which, which again, kind of tracks their development. Um, and they start uh, having dreams that reflect their kind of the joys and the sorrows of, you know, moving beyond the family and interacting with other kids, with teachers, with kind of the bigger world. Um and then I hate to say it, but sooner than most people probably most parents want to have to deal with it, you know, sort of the the early anticipations of adolescence start appearing in dreams. You know, <laughs> eight, nine, ten years old, um, kids start to you know think about their their roles in the bigger adult world and what they're growing into and how their bodies are just starting to change in in that direction and their relationships are starting to change and their feelings, you know, and so that that all becomes very powerful in, in, in dreams, obviously, in, in adolescence and um the teenage years. But um throughout there's there's, you know, as we've been saying, kind of the, you know, a playful, imaginative, creative aspect to, to dreams all the way through that um I think illuminates their their lives and feelings at each stage of it. That's really cool. Yeah, it's it's amazing how uh, it changes. Do you, is that because of the cognitive development? Like kids' brains, I always talk about. You know, ten, eleven years old is when children's processors. You can see it on my couch. You take a seven-year-old, <laughs> put them on the couch. You take a ten-year-old. You take a fifteen-year-old. They all 
The seven-year-old, I have to have in a playroom with materials so they can play out their feelings. The 10-year-old can kind of talk to a certain extent, and the 15-year-old actually can process everything because their brain right. is developed. Does that have to do with the with the dream stuff too? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably that 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 probably is a really very close parallel. That that you know, and 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 that's makes sense because dreams, you know, at, at a certain level reflect kind of where where the individual is and sort of how they're experiencing the world. So, um, and and often with just real. Um, honesty and and just like getting getting right to the emotional truth of things. So at, at whatever age you're looking at. Okay, so we are winding down on time, but I have to ask you about these things because that's what parents want to know from me. Even is well, now I have this book to refer them to. But what about what parents can do? These things about you talked about, you know, artwork and just mm-hmm. things children can do that parents can do to help children kind of get out the dreams that they have. You mentioned, I saw four of them in here, uh, but just different things they might be able to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we, we've talked about a couple of them, uh, uh, looking at, at children's bedtime rituals and kind of what helps them, um, you know, drift off to sleep and have uh, good creative dreams as well as they Mm -hmm. can. That's always helpful. Um, just as you said you had done, you know, dream journaling can start as early as as parents want to introduce the concept of just having a pad of paper and a pen or pencil by the bedside. And, you know, maybe at the beginning the parent keeps track of things. Um, I mean, what, what I did with my kids, I've, I've, my wife and I have raised three kids, and, uh, you know, early on uh, they would decorate, you know, they'd sort of draw pictures on the outside of the dream journal and then I would write down the dreams that they wanted to share in the morning. And, and you know, at a certain age, then they could write them themselves. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's a fun, that's a really fun process. Um, yeah. And, you know, as you mentioned, sort of the dream art, um, you know, drawing pictures, um, you know, encouraging kids to play act their dreams with, you know, dolls or action figures or things like that, I think. Anything to, you know, bring some of the dreaming spirit and, and playfulness into their into their lives. Um and then, you know, this is this sometimes parents are surprised by this, but you know, the idea of from time to time sharing some of your dreams with your child, you know, to kind of encourage this idea that, you know, you're a dreamer and I'm a dreamer, you know, we're all dreamers. And talking about dreams is a normal part of of life and and you know whether you talk you know every single morning or every now and then whatever frequency feels comfortable and and mutually enjoyable um you know kids model their behavior so much on what we as parents do and so if you show that you're comfortable and and you know and talking about your dreams and interested in what other people have to say about them that's your your kids are going to learn from that that's really good because these are all things I think sometimes parents say to themselves, ah, I don't know if I should do that. And there's a lot of times as a therapist I tell parents, absolutely you should share. It's kind of like telling parents, your kids need to see emotion and sometimes you cry. Yeah. And it's good for your children to see that in you because they don't feel so much like it's not normal. That's why I tell dads all the time. If they just see you as this big, rough and tough, you know, always together guy, they're never going to learn that you have that emotion and it's okay to share it. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, good. so what is – let's talk about the line in the sand. Like what is the time where, say, parents might hear certain things from their children where it may be beyond the normal and they may need help? Like we need to go see somebody about this because – and some parents have mentioned night terrors and, and how long do they go on before parents say, I need to get help, or is it a big deal, or if the descriptions and the graphic nature in – children's dreams is disturbing so much they can't sleep or maybe they're you know thinking about it all day at what point should parents stop and say i think maybe we ought to call somebody out about this yeah yeah well thanks thanks for asking that because that's that's a really important you know question to talk about and you know amidst all these other you know fun and wonderful and creative things (laughs) but you know parents do have to be vigilant about you know signs that that things are amiss and 
you know, the it's kind of it's kind of an obvious thing to say, but you know, I mean, if 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 a child is having you know really recurrent um, kind of um, you know intrusive dreams that 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 just are, are are influencing their kind of waking mood in a really negative way, just persistently over time, I would certainly want to talk with you know uh, the child's physician or a therapist or a counselor you know trusted clergy member who knows you know whatever somebody who might um give you a little you know professional feedback on on what what might be going on there cuz you know sometimes i mean children just you know they have really strong growing pains and and there's nothing more to it than that but um if there are problems in a child's life they very well may manifest themselves in disturbing dreams that's you know so it's 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 not crazy to ask the question um and and you know it's it it's it's a tough thing because dreams are so symbolic and so you know it might look like oh my god or is this dream evidence that they're being abused or they're being harmed or this that or the other thing and you you, you just can't assume that only on the evidence of of a dream i guess i'd say right. dreams are 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 good to kind of pay attention to but then you got to look for other sources of evidence to say, hmm, is this really a problem? Because, you know, dreams, I wouldn't only take dreams as evidence, you know, in, of, of any, you know, problem of that magnitude, I guess. Yeah. That is, I mean, there is so much good information here, Kelly. And I'm hoping later down the road we can have you back on because once we can get this book cycled out to everybody and have everybody read it, uh, it's an incredible read. It's a very quick read and easy, and it makes you not want to stop. But tell, can you tell everybody just really all the information about you, where we can get a hold of you, websites, the book, where they can buy it, everything? Yeah, sure. Um, thank you. Well, uh, uh, the book is available uh, uh, through either my website, I and mean, I have my uh, uh, com website, which where I have a blog and articles and links to all my books um so yeah k-e-l-l-y uh b-u-l-k-e-l-e-y all one word uh, dot com um i write a blog post for the huffington post uh, so that's another place i have a facebook page um and and i have a database what is the facebook page yeah oh go ahead oh it's uh, it's just my name kelly balkley yeah Oh, cool. <laughs> Nothing fancy. I'm just like 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 you. It sounds like just uh, pulling together all these different uh, outlets and resources. But that's it's it's all fun and uh, yeah. I'm you know always interested in hearing people's you know comments and questions. So so you know. where can they get the book? Is it anywhere or are you just at your site? Yeah, yeah. The the, the publisher is Roman and Littlefield, um, and so they're. Website would certainly have it, Amazon.com or Barnes and Nobles or Powell's or you know any any online uh, book source would I'm sure have a copy. And what we will do is we will put a link up on our website so that people can have it on there, and we'll leave it there for a while so everybody can uh, oh, know how to you. get it. That's back. great. We get a lot of people who continue to pass this show on to other people, and actually a lot that listen to the archive version. So yeah, uh, this is yeah. for all those people out there. Yeah, that's fun. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Kelly, you've been awesome. You explained this very well, <clears throat> and it's very descriptive. And, you know, it's a huge topic because uh, this is something kind of like therapy used to be for children. You know, when I started in this field in 1995, uh, it's very different than it was today. And, and it's kind of like yeah. children were seen as, well, we can't really do counseling with children until they get old enough to talk or they get old enough to, mm. you know, to sit on my couch. But, you know, with the advent <laughs> of play therapy a long time ago, it, it just it realized, wow, they can actually communicate through their play. And, and you're even describing ways children can communicate without being so detailed on what their dreams are. So, you know, this this really makes it simple, I think, for yeah. parents. So thank you for writing that. Yeah, well, 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 thank you for that. Very much in that that spirit, just the way you described it. I appreciate that.
Well, Kelly, thanks for being on the air. I loved having you. Please, I hope you'll come back in the future uh, when we can get another show on this same kind yeah, of topic. Yeah, yeah. No, it sounds like your your whole sort of approach and uh, set of interests, yeah, there's, there's a lot we could talk about, I'm sure. Well, absolutely. And what a down-to-earth guy. Kelly, thanks for being here. Everybody, that's uh, Kelly Bulkley, author of Children's Dreams. And, Kelly, you take care of yourself. Enjoy Portland, Oregon. By the way... <laughs> Can I just tell you that the difference between Portland, Oregon, and Houston, Texas at this point, I think I looked it up before the show started, and I think it was the the feels-like temperature in Houston right now at 9 o'clock p.m. was 91 degrees. Oh. Okay, that, that's what it feels like. So Yikes. enjoy it up there. Yeah, well, well, thank you very much. I, I'm, I'm glad I could be, be on the show and uh, – uh, Chat with your son too, who's a real sport. What a what a, what a, what a fun fun thing that was. Oh, I love him, Kelly. Thanks for being mm-hmm. on the show, everybody. All right, that's it, Kelly. Yes, really well spoken with everything that he was saying. So thank you to Kelly. We're going to put a link up on our website by the morning that will get you the information on his book, Children's Dreams, and that's what this show is about, y'all is learning new ways to interact with and communicate with our children, whether it's discipline, whether it's communication, whether it's their dreams. We just have so many different topics that we want to hit on so that y'all can be the best parents that you can be. And let me bring Kelly, my assistant, Kelly, back into the show. You there? Kelly, you are? Can you hear me? You are just... You're just kind of stuttering tonight. I have a feeling it has something to do with your connection because the rest of us seem okay. I'd be probably right. <laughs> but I can hear you now. Kelly, what a great show, great information. Uh, you know, this book, i, I got to tell you, is a really cool read because it gets – there are chapters that – you know what I like, too, about it, Kelly? I have to tell you that when I looked up this book, this will tell you a little bit about Tom because I'm not a reader – but as I read through this whole book, which I did, um, there are only six chapters. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I just love a book with only six chapters. <laughs> oh, man, six chapters, but there are about 150 pages. So as each chapter was very thorough and in-depth. Kelly, are you there? Have I lost you? I would. Reader, they am not. I could tell you. Yeah, well... I think um, Kelly's so cutting okay. in and out on it. Kelly, I'm going to let you just kind of sit there and relax and enjoy that disconnection there for a little bit and close out the show because, people, we are out of time. I'm going to tell you this. You can go to TomStevens.us to find out more information about me. If you or your family are in the Houston area, you want some counseling, some consultation, somebody come out and speak to your group of parents or staff or, or business, Give us a call. Kelly Carney, my assistant, will be happy to talk with you and get that set up. If you feel like you need a consultation to talk about your family, your relationship, your children, uh, please give us a call. And that's what I do here when I'm not on a talk show is see clients and be amazed at the wonder of therapy for people and how it changes lives. Go to Facebook at our new Facebook page, which is Tom Stevens Counseling, Consulting, and Motivational Speaking Please like that page. It is a brand-new page. And also, you can find all of these old shows, y'all, at blogtalkradio.com. Once again, that's blogtalkradio.com slash LPC. And when you search that out, you'll see all the old shows. You can go check them out. And we want you to tune in Thursday because Thursday at 9.30 a.m. this week, we are going to talk about none other than grandparents because it's the most kind of dismissed topic around. Or what do we do with these grandparents? Because some grandparents are raising grandchildren. Some grandparents have amazingly wise advice. And sometimes there's conflict between parents and grandparents. Exactly what is the role of a grandparent? Well, that's what we're going to talk about Thursday morning. And we are going to have actual grandparents on the show and, boy, you can't get a grandparent on the show without having some kind of advice to give, right? I cannot wait to hear it, and we will see just what that generation before us has to say about how we're raising our babies today. 
Everybody, thanks for being on the air. Thanks again to Kelly Bulkley for being on the air. Amazing book, Children's Dreams. Go check it out at Amazon. Uh, go check him out. Just Google him. You'll see him all over the place. He's an amazing author and a very well-spoken speaker. Uh, really cool stuff tonight. So thanks for being on the air and on the Tom Stevens Show, and we will see you Thursday morning. <laughs>